Hey, thanks for listening to uh, Take Back the Day. You can find all of the other conversations that Samantha and I have had at uh, www.seed.tv. That's our website. And if you haven't done so already, you can also subscribe to Take Back the Day on Stitcher. Uh, That's Stitcher Radio, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. It's an app you can get for your iPhone or your Android device or even maybe your Windows phone uh, and other stuff. And it makes it really easy to listen to great shows. Uh, or you can subscribe on the iTunes store. That's a thing too. So um, so check it out. It's what all the cool kids are doing. Uh, and here is this week's conversation. Simon. Hello, Sam. Hello. We're talking on the internet. Isn't that exciting? It's uh, It's pretty damn exciting, Sam. Yes, it's cool. Because um, we haven't spoken on the internet for a while. I know, such a bad thing. How have you been? I've been great, Sam. How have you been? Yeah, okay. Let's not talk about my life. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's talk well, about your life. <laughs> say no more. If there's one thing I've learned, Sam, uh-huh. is when a lady asks you not to talk about her life, you do not talk about her life. <laughs> Ladies can be scary like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't, uh, don't want to go there. No. So, li- life aside, <laughs> what yes. have you been up to? Uh, going to lo- a lot of conferences about trends, which makes me want to pull my eyeballs out of my face with my fingernails. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. But yeah, you know, mostly, mostly that. Um, so, what's the, what's the word on the street? Uh, what's going to change your life? It's all about data, man. It's all about the big data and mm-hmm. the datas that track you in the malls and then mm. do the things. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone seems to be talking about data, which is cool. Um, and data is really, really, really important and will change everything. But, uh, but, you know. You can't have the data without the insights, Sam. Did they talk about the insights? Oh, oh damn, did they? Did mm-hmm. they talk about the insights? Mm-hmm. You need the insights um, from your BI dashboard so that you can <laughs> make informed decisions based on oh. um, contextual Data. So this is the thing, right, is I'm a total data nerd and I love data and I love learning about data and mm-hmm. I think data is really, really important. But then you put it in the context of a conference in which everyone is talking about uh, all of this random rubbish and I just hate everything, even if it's about a topic that is actually sincerely very interesting. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Why do people have conferences? Why? Why do they do them? Because we've, we've got a lot to sort out, Sam. There's a lot to talk about. Um you know, this data stuff, this information that in a very real way the universe is built out of. Mm. Um, we, we, are, we are kind of better than um, budgies and uh, elephants at working with this stuff um, and making pointed sticks out of it and, um, <laughs> and sure. sending emails to our friends with pictures of cats. But, yes, uh, but it things. feels like we've still got a lot that needs figuring out. So. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's all, have a conference. Let's all sit in a room in which one guy will attempt to explain an actually really deep and complex subject mm-hmm. in forty-five minutes with lots of gifts. Woohoo! Yeah, um, yeah, totally. So, so that's the one thing. And then the other thing is, I suppose, um, you know, if if you're the the type of person who works in a big uh, office block <laughs> and uh, your leave is up. Mm. then this is this is it man this is your break That's, you can go away and you can um 
You can listen to other guys talking about stuff about data. You can play Dude, golf. I think you that's can... so more true. That is exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. If you actually wanted to learn about this stuff, like I'm doing this amazing Coursera course on uh, statistical modeling, and it's so juicy and delicious. Um, like if you actually wanted to learn something, there are so many good free ways for you to just learn things now um, mm-hmm. that don't involve you eating really bad snacks and shitty coffee and talking to people in uncomfortable suits. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, you know, uh, I don't think all conferences are bad, Sam. What's what's a good conference, Simon? What's the best one you've been to? Um, you, you've been to all the fancy ones globally. Mm, kind of. I um, I really enjoy design conferences because um, designers, man, it's not like watching somebody give a talk uh, mm. at TED. It's kind of like watching somebody do a monologue. Um, convinced that nobody else is in the room. Oh, that's fabulous. Uh, they're, so, they're so fabulously self-absorbed, Sam. Um, <laughs> but I've, I, I think my favorite conference in the world that I've attended uh, is, is pretty small and, and not very well known. It, it's put on by the Stockholm School of Entrepreneurship, and mm. it's called Good Morning. Mm. Um, and that's a pretty good name. As mm. names for conferences go, yes. and um, and they get really smart people to drink coffee and talk about stuff, and uh, and you know that's cool. I, I like it. That sounds um, like a wonderful idea. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so conferences. Have you been to bad. Have you been to Design in Daba this week? Mm-mm. No. No. You you shouldn't have to work for these things, Sam. <laughs> if there's queues and um, and lots of people and uh, expensive tickets, that's usually the signs of something that's not going to be so much worth my time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that about design in Dauber. It just it's it it's portraying that stuff, so um, it's difficult for me to to deal with that, especially queues. I, I don't deal well with them. Mm. Other humans. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But um, but so so I'm not sure what that means. Interesting. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> it just occurred to me right now that we we hadn't didn't agree on what we wanted to talk about today. Well, it sounds like we're talking about conferences where I'm sitting, Sam. Yeah, totally. Okay. And data. Data. Oh my god. Um, we've kind of discussed data nerdism before. No, we totally have. You know, um, you need data-driven businesses now, Sam. Yes. That's why Marissa Mayer has such fine clothing because she made decision data-driven making. decisions. Yeah, man. Um, so, but, I, look, mm-hmm. I think the, the one thing where that stuff segues into uh, stuff that we talk about a lot is that um, humans don't behave how you think they will behave. Um, and I think the old way of thinking about consumers was um, these mythical things. I've never actually met a consumer. You know, I've never met someone who's like, hi, I'm Joe. I'm a consumer. Um, yes. But anyway, um, you know, people used to sit around and they used to uh, put their fingertips together and look into the air and say, you know, I have this insight about 29-year-old females. They care mm-hmm. about these things. Um, and humans just actually are completely unpredictable in many ways. And they, mm. it, you've just got to look at what they do do and not what they say they do. So, yes, that is great. I'm a fan. Although it's, uh, it can be great. I met Rory Sutherland uh, recently, mm-hmm. who uh, is a really smart guy. Uh, cool. He's the vice chairman of um, something at Ogilvy Group, mm. and he's super smart. Um, he's a behavioral but, economics guy, right? Yeah. Yes. And he, he talks a lot about measurebation uh, and about how businesses <laughs> these days um, that's funny. are a little weirdly obsessed with it. Totally. Um, but also how it's so easy to measure the wrong stuff. No, totally. Um, 
some some things look like the right stuff. Like yeah. how many customers do we have? That sounds like the right thing to measure, and yeah. it probably is for ninety percent of the business doing it. Mm. But maybe if you took the time to uh, engage with people from the outside who are able to see the things about your business that you can't because you're a bit too close to it, mm. maybe customer numbers aren't the right thing to be measuring now. Maybe mm. what you should measure is is try and find out if your product is having the desired effect in the few customers' lives no, that sure. it does touch. Yeah. Um, because you're going to start making decisions to drive those numbers up, and you're going to mm. start setting goals for the douchebags that pay for your company. And so, you're going to go, well… We have five customers now, but by the end of the year, so I believe we will have 100,000. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's cool. And how are you going to get them? Yeah. You're going to go on a sales drive. You're going to do some uh, group sales deals so that, uh, you know, that, that video shop down the road makes all the young mm. guys who work there sign up. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then that's okay if, if customer numbers are genuinely the only thing that's important about your business. But maybe mm. if you're trying to build something meaningful mm. – you need to unpack how you would go about measuring that because it's harder work than just no, seeing how many people clicks yeah. on an advert. Oh, I love what you're saying. So, I mean, I think often what happens is that people, companies start off with, hey, look at all this cool data we have. Uh, let's work out what to do with it. And then it has this unintended consequence, as you say, of that mm -hmm. starts to become the strategy, you know, is, yeah. well, it's super easy to measure X. So, therefore, that's our strategy is to improve mm -hmm. X. Um, as opposed to starting with what question do we have that we'd really like to answer? and then let's yeah. go and collect that data because increasingly you can collect data about anything you can collect data so, about how people move through the store you can connect data about absolutely any anything mm -hmm. um, but they don't start with questions people start with look at these great numbers let's work out what we can do with them mm -hmm. or look at all these great numbers let's collect more numbers and create beautiful reports that no one yeah. will do anything about and then you're just very well informed spectators mm -hmm. of your mm -hmm. business you're like oh look I can see all these things but I'm not yes. going to do anything about any of these things we have so much traffic to our website it's amazing it all results from inside our walls but <laughs> that aside yeah. you should give us a lot of money yeah people don't spend enough time interrogating questions i think that that's the problem albert einstein didn't he always used to say like if you gave him 60 minutes to solve a problem he would spend the first 55 mm -hmm. minutes working out exactly what the question was uh, yes absolutely. was it him he said that i think I he think said so that. yes it sounds like something he'd say yes attributed Attributed. Um, that's great, Sam. But how do how do you uh, make this? How do you how do you how do you get this down to the personal level? Because this show is not about uh, companies doing things in the world. It's about me. Hmm. Well, you can gather data. Or about is it yourself. about you? I always. <laughs> it's always about me, Sam, and everything's about me. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, it's about you. I guess. Hmm. I don't know. Like, it's a good question because. You can gather data about yourself, and I guess you can similarly, you know, get confused by tracking the wrong metrics in your own life, uh, like number of emails sent, number of hours logged in a day, number of whatevers. Mm -hmm. um, but oh, I don't know. I also don't know if that's a very satisfying way to live a personal life as kind of being very data driven. I think we're all we're all uh, measure baiting in our personal lives at the moment. I, I feel mm. like I am. I'm. You know, I had the, the Fitbit thing for a while. Mm. I've got the connected Fitbit scale. God knows why. <laughs> I've got a, I didn't buy it. It was sent to test and then I liked it. So I gave it a name and it's, um, it's connected to my Wi-Fi network. Mm. And I call it Marmite and I like it. And um, so I've got one of those uh, and I've got the apps that show you where you went and when and why and who you were with. Mm. And I'm not sure any of it really um, matters. Yeah. But I have it. And then you start making decisions based on it. Like, oh, my God, man, I wasn't spending enough time on X. Um, and that may be true. 
but if I wasn't thinking about it feels like like I want to believe that we're okay figuring this stuff out uh, without the measure patients and mm. maybe that's naive uh, maybe that's stupid maybe so, um, some data nerds at Google are laughing at me right now <laughs> no I think that's I think there's something in that I mean I, I don't do a lot of those things I kind of never have like I see the appeal um, I guess the one thing that I do measure is kind of tasks, tasks ticked off. Um, and Todoist has this ridiculous uh, thing built in where you get points the more productive you are. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. on expert, and there's something interesting about that, and it, it motivates my little budgie brain. Um, but I, do, I don't measure anything else. Like, I don't measure – I've even stopped measuring how much I run, which was the one thing that I did measure, um, just because mm-hmm. it got really demoralizing. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah. my God, I'm getting slower. How am I getting slower? I am already so slow. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Um, I wonder if these things, though, I think the problem is that there's a lot of stuff that goes in. Like people put a lot of data in about what they do, but seem to not use that then to take the next step, which is right. So therefore, what have I learned from that and what should I do differently? And mm-hmm. I guess, sorry, so 227 is like this for me. So the the, the company that the thing, your product, that thing, um, is oh, I, yeah. like, I like looking at the graphs. I like it. I'm like, okay, cool. Now that's interesting. But mm-hmm. it's kind of that next step of, okay, I really need to stop spending so much money on internet porn, you know, or like mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. That's the hard and, stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of the stuff that uh, to a degree you need to figure out on your own. Um, you know, the tools can get really smart at understanding the data and bringing it to you. Um, but uh, but when it comes to what that means for your life, it's very difficult to generalize. You know, mm. uh, you might be running five kilometers in forty minutes every day. Mm. There's absolutely no software that would be able to accurately tell you whether or not that's good for you. Um, mm. You know, if you're training to be the world champion at running five kilometers, then it's probably not good enough for you. Um, mm. But if you're somebody who just needs to get a little fit uh, and is a little unfit at the moment then pushing it harder may not be such a good thing, man. It, that you could damage yeah. yourself. Like you need to, maybe you need maybe to even slow down. I guess maybe that's where these things could... St- <laughs> so maybe this is just saying that our systems aren't advanced enough yet that they can be this useful. Like, you know, when you live in a future where, um, you know, your, your genetic in information... In the future! When your genetic information is all, you know, on mm. file and you can cross-reference data points about you know, your behavior with data about, you know, your genetic makeup and what you are and are not kind of designed to do genetically... Um, maybe then it will be more useful. And then you'll have this beautiful woman named Samantha who will be your operating system and you'll fall in love with her and she'll know everything about you. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Have you seen this movie yet? It's called Her, right? It's amazing. It's the most amazing movie. You have to go watch it. Is it the best movie ever? It gives you all the feels, but it also is unbelievably (laughs) accurate, I believe, about what Mm -hmm. technology is doing. It's amazing. It's so great. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'll have to see that then. Yes. Uh, we'll have to put it in our show notes as well. Mm. Uh, we should tell people where they can find those. Mm. And then once you've watched that movie, you then need to read Ray Kurzweil um, talking about the, the tech that they describe in the movie and how mm. accurate he thinks it is. My, my favorite Ray Kurzweil book is his most recent, How to Create a Mind. I highly recommend it. Mm, uh, but if you're, looking, if you're looking for a link, you can click on and find out more about the book and other stuff because you found this conversation on the mm. internet uh, and now you're listening to it. Um, well, firstly, hi. And secondly, if you go to seed.tv forward slash tbtd, uh, forward slash I think this might be 30 Sam oh my god you know I really should check these things before this I podcast find. is older than I am what 
<laughs> get out of here. Oh, that's uh, podcast years, Sam. They're not like human years. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this will be 30. Three zero guys, and that's uh, that's where you go to find uh, all the links to all the stuff that Sam and I uh, talk about on the internet. Mm-hmm. Very uh, cool. So uh, before the break, we were talking. Um, <laughs> oh, we were talking about computers getting super creepy. Yeah, and I guess we're talking about like how much should you let data rule your life? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, maybe you need to be the one ruling your life, and maybe the data is ancillary. Maybe. I think I don't. I don't feel like anybody has an unhealthy problem with this, Sam. I just think that at the moment we we're thinking because we have the data that we should do something about it, and that's not always true. Mm. Hmm. Or something. Maybe. Do you want to tell me about stuff that you've uh, that you've severely liked recently? Ah, oh, so many things. Well, the one thing which which excites me beyond it excites me to a truly obscene level. Um, like it, it shouldn't I shouldn't be allowed to be this excited in public. It's it's kind of embarrassing. But um, so my two favorite things in the world, in the whole world, probably are Post-it notes and Evernote. Um, and the the wonderful people in the world uh, at Evernote and Post-it have put those two beautiful things together. So in the new update of Evernote, it now has these special Post-it features where if you take photos of Post-its, you can train Evernote to classify your Post-its, like the different color Post-its as going into different uh, notebooks um, and being tagged automatically as a separate thing. So you can use all the pink Post-its to mean actions and all the blue Post-its to mean whatever. it's Get just amazing. And Evernote's always had really kick-ass handwriting recognition. Um, <laughs> and so and it's like, honestly, like the, the two best things in the world have now come together. The most um, exciting thing ever. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm a massive um, productivity nerd. But that excites me big time. So, so okay, so where do you put the post-its? Anyway, On your computer screen? No, wherever, wherever I'm you asking, I'm them. asking you how you do this, Sam. Oh, Are they like me. on a whiteboard because they're part of a project? Is mm, it ex- sometimes. Uh, so we do lots of UXy things and then you build up lots of sort of post-its. <laughs> there goes my, sorry, that was Please. my uh, microphone. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how excited I get. Oh my God, I just flail and then things, yes. things fly. Um, I have post-its on my computer screen, yes. I have post-its in my notebooks. Um, mm-hmm. I have post-its on my like on my person sometimes uh, and then they're you just, just take, they're everywhere you just you take pictures of them yes and you just take photos and then they're in the evernotes and then they're in the cloud and then they're amazing I, evernote oh, is some smart software sam brew oh. i don't i don't use it for anything but it's very smart <laughs> i have it i pay them five dollars a month uh sometimes <laughs> yeah. i um i put stuff about my kids in there because it feels That's like cool. i'll mm. lose it anywhere else but I don't know what else to do with Evernote. It feels like it's super useful. Uh, now and then I'll like, okay, so uh, I take pictures of business. Well, I used to take pictures of business cards. Now I just throw them mm. away. I'm like, this, we've solved this problem. We solved mm. the business card thing like 10 years ago. I really don't need one now. Yeah. I'll, uh, don't worry, I'll find you. Um, uh, so that usefulness is gone. Uh, taking pictures of receipts, I suppose, helps as well because then you no, can search No, but also why, why do you need receipts? Why does anyone need receipts? Do you keep receipts? Mm, yeah, for tax. Are you supposed to do that? Oh my god, I don't, I don't understand tax. Tax confuses me. Are you Nobody really supposed to tax. do this? Our, com- that our country would be bankrupt if anybody understood tax. <laughs> Why do you need to keep receipts? That seems horrible. Surely, because yes. I buy everything on my card. So surely, like mm-hmm. you know, there's a record. Yeah. Okay. 
This anyway. isn't ending well for Evernote. Sorry, Evernote. No, but I use Evernote for everything. Every single mm-hmm. thought I have gets classified and tagged and filed neatly into my overly complex system. Um, well, good. It's this is you know how you outsource your brain to generally the internet. I outsource my brain to Evernote. Everything I know is in Evernote, and if Evernote servers ever like were burnt down to the ground, I would be a very stupid person suddenly because that's my wow. whole brain. That's my whole brain. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've sorted that out then. <laughs> what did you um, like this week? Uh, I liked nothing of substance, Sam. Okay. Uh, although, wait, I shouldn't say that. Maybe there were one or two things. So, I, I liked Flappy Braille. Let's get the stupid stuff out the way first. What is, is um, it related to Flappy Birds and Braille? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, you, you, you basically play Flappy Birds in the address bar of your browser. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> that sounds crazy. It sounds crazy because it is crazy. Um, ah, but amazing. it's it's a lot of fun. So, uh, so check it out. Flappy Braille. Uh, there'll but be a link in the show notes. Um, or you can do the Flappy Braille. Spelt, not spelt like normal Braille. Oh, there we go. Ah. B-R-A-I-L-L-E. That looks Braille. amazing. It's, okay. uh, it's pretty amazing, Sam. Sold. Mm-hmm. Totally sold. Um, Did you manage to download Flappy Bird before it got pulled off the store? I did not. No, neither did I. Um, I have a box of fucks that's a bit empty for uh, <laughs> for rapidly disappearing games from Vietnam. Ah, oh, damn straight. Uh, so that was cool. I liked that. Um, I also liked Sarian.net. Let's stay with gaming. Sarian. Uh, in Sarian.net, you can play old Space Quest games and King's Quest games and all the old Sierra adventure games. Um, True. The Black Cauldron, Police Quest. Uh, and ah. it's been made to work pretty well on an iPad too. So uh, you just go to Sarian.net and they've recreated all of these games in HTML. It's bananas, Sam. Sounds amazing. And, uh, and you can go around and you can type, look, uh, look, man. Uh, <laughs> it sounds amazing. Cartridge. Oh, my God. So, like, how do the rights for things like that work? Because like, mm. the, surely the rights are owned by largely defunct game companies now. Yeah. I think they get really old and then nobody cares anymore. Is that what happens? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, so aban- uh, there's that abandonware term for software that's just been abandoned. But I think in this mm. case, um, I think I think Sierra was purchased by somebody and then they were, yeah, they're part of Activision now. Mm. Just like, you know, Blizzard and everyone else. And apparently these games were created with permission. Cool. So now you know. But to get back to something that actually has, uh, uh, <laughs> well, I won't say games aren't important because they are. Games so are remember important. I told you a while ago that uh, my company was using this tool called Slack, which is super ultra amazing. Yes. Uh, it is. It's it's an amazing piece of software that helps uh, teams do stuff without email, and it's it's rad. We love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, that company was founded by a really uh, smart guy by the name of Stuart Butterfield. Um, if you work at Flickr, you might recognize that name because uh, he was one of the, f- the people who made that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he wrote this really cool memo to his staff uh, last year just before um, they, they took Slack into beta. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's posted it to Medium this week. It's called We Don't Sell Saddles Here. And um, he basically – it's a manifesto about um, product development. Mm. Um, so he takes you through – various sections with fairly obvious sounding names but where he makes some pretty significant points so the first one is build something people want you're like well obviously um <laughs> well but obvious he talks about us, building so things that are 
Yeah, well, you know, he says people, he makes the point, like we have on the show before, that people don't know what they want. It's very difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says understanding what people think they want and then translating the value of your product into their terms is something we all work on. Hmm. Um, and I like that. So he says a lot of smart stuff. He talks about marketing from both ends. Um and sell the innovation, not the product. Sorry, what does marketing um, from both ends mean? Well, I could I could read you the whole paragraph, or I could pretend to know what it means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so okay. he talks about no. Well, he talks about the degree to which a product could be useful uh, with enough promotion, appropriate mm. pricing, adequate customer support, and so on. Um, and he says before you find that fit, all the pushing in the world won't get you up the hill. Oh right. Um, okay. So it's yeah, like the, so the make people want things versus make exactly. things people want argument. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so doing a better a job of providing what people want and then also communicating the above more and more effectively so that they know that they want it. Um, you know, and then hmm. it, it becomes a pull instead of a push. Hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be pushing as well necessarily. So I think that's part of the point he's making, that in the early days – there needs to be a very strong pull and you need to spend a lot of time thinking about that pull. Mm. And you know what? Like everything's a product. Your business might be in this, you might be in the service industry, you might be a consultant. Um, maybe you draw little stickmen in orange uh, highlighters for a living. It doesn't matter. That's your product. Um, <laughs> and I think I have a theory that in, in this day and age, there are very few games in town when it comes to how you develop a product. So whether it is mm. yellow stickmen um, drawn on post notes and scanning to Evernote, or if it's um, a really sophisticated piece of software, I think you can benefit from this thinking no matter what it is. Um, Talks about selling the innovation, uh, distilling it down, like what is Slack? So he says, you know, we're not selling software, we're selling organizational transformation, Mm. which sounds a bit douchey, um, but I think it's something a lot of organizations, you know, if they really think about it, they they do need this. and then he talks about defining what you want your customers to become. If they use your product, what happens? Uh, he talks about how to do it. So it's a really lengthy uh, piece of writing, but uh, it's had a big impact at my, at my organization. And so for those people who found this conversation on the internet, I will include a link in the show notes. Looks very good. We don't sell saddles here. There's been such amazing Thanks, stuff. Thanks, Stuart Butterfield. I'm so glad that Medium exists. There's been such great, great stuff that's come out of it. I read this wonderful thing on Medium. Um, I will have to send you the link for show notes about uh, this woman who was following her dream, as you know, everyone is encouraged to do. And her dream was to write novels, and she was doing that. You know, she was doing all the right things, and she went horrifically broke. Um, and she kept thinking, well, because I'm following my dream, any second now it's going to be fine. And it wasn't. And she just got herself further and further and further into debt. And it's, it's this horrifying story. But it's, um, it's amazing and beautiful um, on Medium as well. Yay, mm-hmm. Medium. I will send you the link. There's a lot of interesting stuff happening uh, in the world of writing stuff and putting it on the internet or making mm. stuff and putting it on the internet. Yeah. Uh, I saw Mark Andreessen, the famous uh, venture capitalist, who this week was talking about how the, the new business of news is going to lead to a 1,000% growth in the industry. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, people are kind of skeptical of Mark at the moment because um, uh, he also said Bitcoin would change the world. And it still will. So, you it know, will. he'll be vindicated eventually. But hmm. uh, right now, 
with the oh. fall of Mount Gox and stuff, people are finding it difficult that's, to take him seriously. Oh, that's another thing that happened at, in conference land, Simon, in the alternative reality that is the world of conferences, is some guy, uh, some IT guy, kind of did a little spiel about what Bitcoin is and why it's going to destroy everything. It's going to destroy all economy. And everyone uh-huh. in the room had these big eyes, and they were like, oh, my God, this is so scary. How is this allowed? Why has someone not made this illegal? I was just like, oh my God, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. We, need to, we need to consider these things. <laughs> it's all very dangerous. <sighs> it's so much change. Change is terrifying. Anyway. Mm. It <sighs> certainly is, Sam. Uh, there's a lot of frightening stuff going down, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, it feels like we've done this data thing then. Uh, I understand it all completely. Totally. Yeah, I feel uh, like we've All we've I need learned. now is an infographic about my life. <laughs> we've grown. We've learned. We've, we've conquered. Yes, it, mm-hmm. it was great. Do you have any, any – I mean, we've been talking about all of these tools that we used to use for three weeks and then lost interest in. But have you, have you found any of these uh, time tracking, management, exercise, whatever tools that are actually of any use? Oh, God, no. Um, I've tried all of them. I've tried uh, what's the f- the famous one that tracks everything you do? I I don't know. Re- time capture or whatever. No, I've tried all of them. They're Rescue all time. terrible. Rescue time. That one. Uh, um, the uh, problem is I don't trust the data. Yeah. You know, it's like you, data doesn't need to be accurate, right? It needs uh. to be indicative of a trend, and it's the trends that matter, not the actual numbers. So. Yeah. You know, you might you might wear a pedometer and it might tell you that you took a thousand steps yesterday when actually you took a thousand one hundred and three. That doesn't matter. What matters is that tomorrow it tells you that you took more steps than today, Mm. uh, assuming that it's going to make the same mistakes with those steps that it did with today's steps. So you need the trend to be right. But when you're not trusting the data, when you're going, "Mm, no, rescue time, that's not right. I was watching (laughs) pornography. I was not being productive. Um, I mean, there's that. But I mean, on a more kind of fundamental level, again, it's sort of like, well, you can track that, but are you tracking the right thing um, I think the most effective sort of time tracking thing I do is before I go to bed every night I, I write down sort of three really great things that happened in my life that day or things that I, I managed to do you know um, and that's far more indicative for me because there are some days where I sit there and I'm like oh my god I actually did nothing good today and nothing good happened um, oh, where is me um, and then I know that I'm fucking up my life, basically. Um, but on those lovely, you know, those those months when you just have runs of every day and you're like, yes, there are important things happen today. You know, that's that's more meaningful. That's measuring outputs. Mm, mm, absolutely. Um, so you kind of, at the moment, it sounds like you need to sort this stuff out for, out for yourself. Yeah. Uh, there isn't there isn't a one size fits all software solution out there, Sam. <laughs> Although I do, I do have friends who who make good use of rescue time, but it it it, uh, it relies on a few things. It relies on them using one computer to do everything. Yeah, uh, and that's a problem for me because I do a lot of work on my tablet and my phone, and rescue time isn't there. So yeah. that's the one thing. Um, it also requires you using a, a pretty small set of software and understanding that there's a single kind of category of of activity that happens in that software mm. and if you can do if you if you live in that kind of world then i think maybe it could work for you but um but mm. i don't so it doesn't totally mm. okay i'm gonna go and play flappy braille now because that okay. looks like a fun thing to do <laughs> all right samantha goodbye, uh, let's do Simon this again Dingle. sometime yes that would be fun <laughs> okay goodbye <laughs> Thank you.